just that tonight. We bring our cares, our anxieties, our burdens, and our worries to you tonight. We cast it all upon the one who cares for us. We thank you that you're closer than a brother. You're an ever-present help in the time of our need. And so, whatever the need and whatever the circumstance is tonight, we just cast it on you. We give it to you. We release it to you tonight. And we thank you tonight that you are that carrier, that you are the lifter of our head. You are our strength and our sustainer. And we give you praise and thanks for it tonight in the name of Jesus. And amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Let's give him praise right there tonight. All right. You may be seated. Thank you for being here on tonight. I know we've, uh, many of you been here each and every service this week, and I do appreciate your commitment and sacrifice and to those who have made it every night that you could and every service that you could. Uh, is appreciated. Didn't we have a wonderful time in the Lord this week? And the word of the Lord was rich. And uh, I just thank God for that. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And so I just encourage you to continue to uh, go to the website. Everything is free. You can look at it there on uh, the video. You can also get it in MP3 format. And it is all completely free at our website, hurricanechurch.com. And uh, I'll go to the media, click down, and you can find whichever way that you uh, best are able to listen to it. And so um, I encourage you to do that. And so, uh, you know, whenever you have a rich word, it's good to listen to it 10 or 15 times. Amen. And just draw out of it because you cannot exhaust the word of the Lord. And you have ears to hear. You can receive from that word. Okay. Amen. So tonight, let's uh, just give to the Lord, bless the Lord in our giving and our worship tonight, and then we're going to get into the word, okay? Father, thank you for this privilege that we have this evening to worship you, and not only in voice, but in our giving. We ask you now that you would just bless our time together, that you would bless God in this season of our, our life in the church that you would help us to have more than enough to meet every situation. God, we thank you and we praise you in advance for what you are doing and what you're going to do in Jesus' name. And amen. Amen. God bless you in your giving tonight. Jesus, I said to it all. Jesus had the center of it all. just that, the center of it all. Amen. 
Tonight I want to begin this series that I've been uh, waiting and anticipating uh, speaking on and tonight I'm going to begin it and the title of it is The Issue is Worship. The Issue is Worship. A lot of things that we deal with and have to put up with, things we struggle with, it isn't the issue at all. The issue comes back to our worship. And so I was wanting, going to wait till Sunday to do this, but I'm going to uh, just go ahead and jump on it tonight. And uh, then uh, through this series on Wednesday nights, uh, Pastor Jamie is going to be sharing on Wednesday nights uh, about worship. And uh, he has been leading worship since he was four years old and uh, he has a lot of knowledge and is it four or 14? 14. Oh, 14. Okay. Well, all right. And so, uh, but he has a wealth of knowledge and not only knowledge, but revelation. And uh, so he's going to be sharing with us about worship on Wednesday nights as we talk about this issue of worship. And we've been praying together for some time and just uh, knitting our hearts together. And I just believe God's going to do something wonderful during our time. Amen. Praise God. And so uh, tonight the issue is worship. I want to read uh, just a few scriptures. I want to read John chapter 4 and verse 25. John chapter 4 and verse 25. It says their God is a spirit and they that worship him must, must, must worship him. How? In spirit and in truth. Right? And then 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 10. 1 Corinthians 2 and 10. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. Why do we have to worship him in spirit? Because God reveals, revelation comes by the spirit. And now for the spirit searcheth all things, yes, even the deep things of God. How many want to go a little deeper than what you are? Amen. Isaiah chapter 54 and verse number 2 it tells us there, enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of thy inhabitation. Spare not, lengthen the cords, strengthen the stakes, for you break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make desolate cities to be inhabited. Amen. And so tonight, I want to talk to you about this issue called worship. These scriptures are very clear and signifies to us uh, the fact that we need the Holy Spirit working in our lives. The fact that it is impossible to worship God without the Holy Spirit. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. 
And so if we are no God, it is uh, through his pres- presence, his Holy Spirit, that we have a revelation of him, that he is revealed, is through and by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, amen, including the deep things of God. Therefore, we need the Holy Spirit working in our lives. We must depend upon the Holy Spirit. We must be led by the Holy Spirit, and we are to follow the leading of the Spirit. He doesn't follow us, we follow Him, right? He is constantly moving. He is searching out for the deep things of God to bring revelation to us. The true evidence of being a worshiper is not whether or not you are getting deeper and deeper in the things of God. And so if you want to see what someone does beyond Sunday, if you want to see what someone does beyond when people are watching, just watch and see if they're getting any deeper in their relationship with God. Because you see, when we begin to grow in him, when we begin to worship him, we will get deeper in his word. We will get deeper into his presence. We will get a deeper understanding of his power and his revelation. Amen. And so uh, I want to just share a little illustration with you tonight that, that I want you to just think about a five-gallon bucket, and then also think about this little shallow pie pan. Both of them being full of water. Both of them being completely full of water. The five-gallon bucket and the shallow pie pan are both filled to capacity. If you were to take a tablespoon and dip into the five-gallon bucket, you could fill the uh, tablespoon very easily. If you were to take that same tablespoon and put it into the shallow pie pan, you would also be able to fill the little tablespoon. But if you was to take that same five-gallon bucket and that same uh, thin pie pan that was very shallow and get a ladle out, and dip down into the five-gallon bucket, you could fill the ladle very easily. But when you dip it into the shallow pie pan, it's going to come up with just about a quarter full. And the reason being is because that it isn't deep enough. The pie pan isn't deep enough for the ladle. Amen. And you have you have you ever wondered why people can visit anointed spirit filled churches and experience the presence, the tangible presence of God? And they say things like it's the greatest thing that I've ever experienced. It's the most awesome worship. It is the, it, what, the what power, what glory. It, they love everything about it. <coughs> But then they disappear for you to never see them again. Later on you hear that they've settled down in some dead, shallow, powerless church. Right? And a place where they don't have no manifestation, a place where uh, they, they, they just 
don't have anything going on, but yet they go there, that's seeker-sensitive, where they're preaching to the social message and where they're preaching to, to the mind instead of the spirit, and, and, and yet you have to scratch your head and wonder what it is that when you've tasted of the things of God, and when you've experienced the manifest presence of God, how is it that, that, that a person could go and settle for something so shallow? Amen. But I've come to believe this. I've come to believe that, that the shallow spoon can be filled just as easily in the shallow pie pan as it can the five-gallon bucket. It's not the size of the spirit in which it's being drawn from. It's the vessel that is being filled. And so if you are a, a, a just a two teaspoon, then just anything can fill your teaspoon. Amen. But whenever you have a ladle spirit, when you have a hungry spirit, when you have a desperate spirit, you cannot be filled with the shallowness of man, but you must be, you must get into a, a river. You must get into a place of the deep. You must get into a place because just anything isn't going to satisfy. Just anything is not going to fill, but you can go to those places and be empty just as much as you were when you were went because there's no depth to it. Deep Christians aren't satisfied without a river, without deep places, because there is a, a craving for the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. There is a craving, there's something that is wanting the deep things of God. There is something inside of you that is hungry for the thing that is in God. And just anything is not going to quench that thirst, right? They're satisfying their thirst because, and the only way that we can do it is to go into the deep. Amen. You see... We've got to learn how to go into the deep. And we've got to learn how to, to, to enlarge our spirit man where that just anything won't satisfy. Amen. You see, I, I, I'm thankful for the ministry that we have here. We, I'm thankful that God has give, brought us uh, a capable people and capable leadership. And, and just everybody don't preach in this pulpit. Amen? Because if you can't preach better than me, then I don't need you to be preaching. Amen? If you can't speak to the vision, if you, can't, if you, you don't have nothing to bring to the table, come on. Amen. There's got to be something inside of us that says we are not just going to settle for maintenance. We are not just going to settle for what has been and we're not going to be satisfied with the crumbs. But you see, because I've been, I've been reading, I don't need, need just some shallow because I've been studying the word all week. Come on. 
Amen. I, I don't need you just to tickle my ears because I've been worshiping God at the house. I, I need somebody that'll take me into the holies of holies. Amen. I, I, I can do that all by myself, but I need somebody that'll take me into the deep place of God. Amen. Where there is an increase, but where there is an enlargement, where there is something more than when, when we come together that my brothers and sisters bring something that we can go into a place together that I could not go alone. I need the deep things of God. Amen. And so that's the reason, you know, after 32 years of press preaching the gospel, I've scratched my head and wonder how is it that, that people could come and, and they could see the Spirit of God, be touched by the power of God, and only to just say, we love you, but... Amen. I'd like to kick them in the... I didn't say that. Amen. I love you, but I know what's coming after the but. Right? And I understand that the Lord leads people from time to time, but more often than that, it's, it's people's but that's got in the way. Because God teaches us to grow where we're planted. Come on, somebody. We're mature here tonight. I can talk, right? Amen. And so we, we learn how to grow where we're planted. And there are seasons that God will transplant us, but he don't transplant us every month. He don't transplant us every year. Come on. But he, tra he, pla he places us in a place where that we grow and we've got to learn how to grow where we're planted. After all, we don't look for churches like we go grocery shopping because God said, I will place you as it pleases me. Hallelujah. Amen. And so if I'm in the right place, how do you know if you're in the right place? If it sounds like I'm talking to you every week, then you're in the right place. Amen. If I get up in your business every once in a while, Jimmy, then, then you're in the right place. If, if, if what comes from this pulpit uh, doesn't re ring with you, it doesn't resound with you, if it doesn't speak into your life, if it doesn't crawl up into your business, then, then probably not in the right place. But whenever there is a hunger and when, when you come and you get revelation and you get understanding and you get wisdom and you go into the presence of God and you leave stronger than when you came, that's the place that God has established you and settled you and placed you there so you can grow. Amen. And so Jabez prays and, and, and said, increase me. Increase the coast of our capacity. Enlarge, strengthen us. Make us deeper. Enlarge us. We're not satisfied with the little dab. Huh? We're not satisfied with, with 225, 250. We're not satisfied with what, what we have reached. We want more. So how is it that God would trust us with more if we ourselves are not going deeper? Amen. And so there must be something inside of us because this church will never outgrow the leadership. Amen. 
That's the reason why that I study and I study and I study. It's not because I like it. Amen. Reading is difficult for me. It's a challenge sometimes for me. But I know that the first place that church growth will start is with me. And if I refuse to grow, then the church cannot grow. If, the, if my, my staff doesn't grow, then their teams are not going to grow. If their teams don't grow, then the church doesn't grow. And if the church doesn't grow, then the harvest is not coming in. You see? Amen. And so we've got to all grow together. We're on different levels, we're at different places, we're at different stages in life, but we've all got to push in and grow. Amen. Amen. If you truly want to be deeper, you you ask God to make you deeper, and he's going to answer your prayer. He has a way of making you deeper. But I warn you, it will make you uncomfortable. And I warn you, it may hurt. Hallelujah. Who wants to sign up now? Our lives are like wineskins. And when they are first cut, they are tight. And there's no stretch to them. There's no give to them. There's no elasticity to them. But they put them uh, wine. uh, You cannot put wine in them when they're new. Because if you do, it will push on them and it will burst. Because there's no flexibility. It's limited capacity because they're not, they've not been stretched yet. But the longer that the skin lays and the stretch more it's stretched on the table, they stretch it from corner to corner and it begins to give and it stretches. And when you think that it's as far as it'll go, they'll crank it down again and they'll stretch it and they'll stretch it and they'll stretch it. And stretching is no fun. Stretching is painful. This stretching in our lives usually takes place in two different ways. Number one, God allows us to go through periods of fiery trials that seem impossible. These adversaries, they challenge us and they challenge our faith and they push on us until we think we're going to break. Has anybody ever gone through the stretching? When you've been hurt in your muscles or in your arm, your leg, they, they do whatever needs to be done to, to, to bring healing to that, but then they send you to therapy. Amen. Yes, big amen from dad. Dad just had that knee replacement and... And uh, he come home and thought he was Superman. Doing pretty good, I must, must say. He was doing real well. And he thought that he was, you know, going to get away with all of that until his appointment with the therapy came. Right? Thought that everything was good. It wasn't hurting too bad. Wasn't doing, walk on it just fine. But the therapist said, there is more here. There's more mobility that you can achieve. And so the reason why you must have a therapist is because you will never push yourself to the place that you must push yourself to get 
the maximum potential out of yourself. And so everybody needs therapy. (laughs) Everybody needs somebody that'll pull on them just a little further than they would pull on their self. Everybody needs somebody that'll be a coach, that'll encourage them and say, I believe you can go two more yards. I believe you you can make that from just a little further away. I believe if you push yourself, you can make this thing happen. And it is in the spirit that we all need a spiritual coach. We need somebody that'll push on us and say, you can play that keyboard a little better than you're playing it. You can prophesy on those drums. You can sing that song better than you've been singing it and keep on pushing on us to take the talent that we have and use it for his glory. And it is in our walk in the spirit that somebody has to get a hold of us and stretch us and say, you can do more for God than you've been doing. Amen. The worst thing you can do is is allow God to go Burger King on you and just let you have it your way. Amen. But you want him to stretch you. You want him to get the very best out of you. Amen. And they, they hurt us. And it's very unpleasant when you go to the therapy. But through the difficulty, our faith is being stretched And our capacity is being increased until when we go back to that shallow place, the shallow place just doesn't satisfy anymore. Amen. There there has to be more and we're hungry for more and we desire more and we've got to go to the deep things of God. God allows us to be challenged by spiritual authority through correction. (laughs) Admonishment and conviction. Choices have, I don't want to overstate it, but I will say, I, I believe that it, I could say choices have paralyzed, but I'll say choices have hindered discipleship from taking place in the church. Because of this, I know that there has been abuse of authority and abuse of power and those people will stand before God for that. But I also know that people won't receive correction anymore because they don't, it doesn't matter that they have been called to a house. Amen. Uh, they, they, they'll go down to another house. And so you can't correct a person, you can't get them out of their dysfunction because they'll go to another house where there is no father. Huh? Where there's a hireling. And and someone who will put up with their dysfunction and tell them their dysfunction is all right. Amen. But I want a father. I said, I want a father. My dad's here tonight and, and he, he would, whenever I would get out of line, he, he, he didn't know that, that whipping you would hurt your feelings. Amen. He didn't know that it would scar you for life. And so whenever I would get out of line, he had a way of getting me back in line. 
Amen. He never abused me, but he would beat the devil out of me. Amen. And he had helped me along my way. Spiritually, I thank God for spiritual fathers. Amen. That will correct me. I don't, I don't want to be a bastard. I don't want to be an illegitimate child. I want somebody that will, that I will submit to their godly authority and they will speak into my life and say, you're wrong. Amen. You've got to line up. These things have got to change. You've got to go another direction because it is in that correction that stretches me spiritually. Amen. People are not receiving correction because they just run from one place to another because just anything will fill them. Amen. Someone who, who, who just is satisfied with just anything. It's no fun at all when someone in spiritual authority speaks into our lives and says, you need to stop running from your pain. You need to stop running from your past. When It isn't no fun whenever they tell you, you need to forgive and you need to repent. But thank God for it. Amen? Thank God for it. Because God uses those in a spiritual authority to stretch us. Shallow Christians love the deep church. They enjoy the worship. They can't get enough of the anointed preaching. They're overwhelmed by the love that they feel. They truly believe that the deep church is a great church. And it's the greatest church they've ever been to. But when the stretching begins... That deep church isn't so cool anymore. Amen. Instead of pushing through their pain and continuing to draw from the deep well, they bolt. They go somewhere else. They run. They reject accountability that comes. They don't want to change. They don't uh, know how to, 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 to just release themselves and say, not my will, but God's will be done. They know that if they stick around, they're going to be stretched more than they want to be stretched. And they become angry and become mad. So instead, they flee. But when deep Christians find themselves on the stretching table and being challenged, they dig their heels in and they say, do whatever you need to do, God. Remove what you need to remove. Stretch wherever needs to be stretched. Amen. So that I may be able to be a carrier of your glory. That I might be able to be a carrier of your anointing. Hallelujah. You see tonight, if we are going to be carriers of the glory, if we're going to be carriers of the anointing, then we have to be people that have a capacity to carry it. Amen. You can't go around with a teaspoon of the anointing because you're going to have to need that for yourself. And so if all you can carry is a a teaspoon of the anointing, then, then you don't have nothing to give away. 
But when Peter and John rolled up to the temple that day after Pentecost, they didn't have a teaspoon, but they had went to a deeper place than they had ever been before. And because they had been to a deeper place, there was a stretching that took place within their lives. Now they were carrying more than a teaspoon of the anointing, but they had some to give away. And they said, we don't have what you're looking for, but we've got what you need. And just take this and you're going to be all right. Hallelujah. Such as we have, we're going to give to you. The first thing is you've got to have it yourself. You can't give something to people that you don't have. And second of all, you've got to have enough, not only for yourself, but for somebody else. Amen. And so we have to have a capacity to be carriers of the anointing so that we are able to give it away. Somebody say, stretch me. God, just do whatever you need to do. I'm not going nowhere. I'm going to stay right here. I'll be where you called me. I'm going to be where you've planted me. If you got to correct me, correct me. If you got to stretch me, restretch me. If I need to repent, then humble me that I may be able to repent. Do whatever needs to be done. But I am not going to stay in this shallow any longer. Whatever it takes. Stretch me. Increase my capacity. Do it. If it hurts, it hurts. Huh? But it's worth the stretching. In summary, that shallow spoon runs from the presence, but the deep ladle runs into the presence. Amen. And so when you're sick, why should you stay out of the waters that'll heal you? When you're depressed, why should you run from the river that can set you free? Amen. Run toward God in every situation. Run toward him in your distress. Run toward him in your confusion. Run toward him in your fear. Run toward him because when you run toward him, he will strengthen you and he will do what needs to be done so you can be a carrier of a greater anointing than when you started the the journey. Amen. I've discovered that deep places in God is not, is not found many times in the church. Now you say, well, what are you talking about? Yes, we come here and we get revelation, we get knowledge, we get understanding. We come here for discipleship. All of these things are important, but the things of the deep many times are not in, in settings where corporately we go but it is in the private place that the deepness of God will be revealed. I've gone to church when I've received money and I've gone to church when I gave money. I've gone to church whenever I've been going to preach and I've gone to church when I didn't have to preach. I've went to church when life was good And I've gone to church when life was real bad. And I've learned how 
to put my heels in and say, whatever this process is going, I'm going through God, don't let me waste it. Teach me what's going on so that I can be stretched. And whenever I come out of this thing, I'll have a greater anointing than when I came into this thing. Amen. And so I've discovered the deep places of God during times of crises of my life. Many sleepless nights. Praying over situations in the kingdom, particularly church. Sometimes it would be issues and problems with people in the church or even their own problems or their own situations only to have those same people you prayed for all night long stab you in the back. Turn on you and make you the villain. And in these crises... I found the deeper place of God. In these crises, situations, I found that there really is hope beyond the scheme of things, beyond the appearance of people. But you see, during these times, I was stretched further than I'd ever been stretched before. Amen? It's not I didn't have people to help me, but where I was at, people couldn't help me. God had put me on the table and and through this process, he was stretching me and he was pulling on me and he was things that was hurting and things that, that it didn't seem like it was all necessary, but his Holy Spirit would lead me into the deeper things of God. There's something about uh, 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 trouble that'll cause you to seek out God. There's something about difficult times and and whenever you've been lied on and whenever you've been done wrong and whenever things are not going right and when you don't have any answers to your situation that'll cause you to turn the TV off. It'll it'll cause you to hang up the phone. It'll it'll cause you not to be hungry anymore and, and you'll go into a place and you'll say, God, I've got to know more. I've got to understand you. I've got to have more of your power, more of your spirit, more of your anointing because I cannot do this on my own. Amen. And so you learn how to thank God for the stretching. You learn how to thank God for the difficult times. Because if you're honest, you would probably would have to admit that there are many times that you go to church and when you do, you don't feel like going. But you do anyways, because something inside of you says, go to the house of the Lord. Amen. To obey that voice and to follow the spirit, you, you become a ladle. You all are not here tonight because you didn't have no other place to go. You all are not here tonight because you're shallow in your spirit or or because, because you just thought this would be a good night to go to church. You're here because you're a ladle. You're here because you're not satisfied. You're here because you're looking for the deep things of God and saying, I must be filled with his power. I must be filled with his spirit. And he said that we would hunger and thirst after righteousness that he would indeed 
fill us. Amen. I'm sure when you read the book of Psalms, you've taken notice that David's response when he was in trouble each time he ran to the house of the Lord. Amen. Even when Saul was trying to kill him, he runs to the house of God. Even when he was living in a cave, he went to church. He declared, one thing I desire is to dwell in your house. Why? Because David was a worshiper. He was led by the Spirit. And God's Spirit will never lead you away from his house. It will always lead you to his house. Amen. I had one real spiritual person tell me one time, not not in this area, another area, one person real spiritual uh, tell me, uh, God has uh, removed me from the church and told me not to go to any organized church uh, for this period of time. And I heard him, he told me that three different times. And on the third time, it just rubbed me real raw. And so I had to tell him something in love. Amen. And, you know, he was, he knew a lot of scripture and he knew he, all these TV evangelists and all this stuff. And I said, that's a lie. I got his attention real quick and in a hurry. I said, that's a lie. That's from hell. No, I know the voice of God. I said, well, you, you've been confused because that is contrary to scriptures. And whatever's contrary to scriptures is not going to line up with his word is not the voice of God because God is not going to contradict himself. And he said, even as you see these days approaching, what days, the last days, he said, even more, go get in the house of God. We don't even have to take a poll tonight to find out and say and agree tonight that we are living in the last days. I really believe, really believe it. It's not hype. It's not, there ain't enough people here tonight to hype. (laughs) It's, it's, I really believe what Apostle spoke about is going to happen. That there is on its way in the works, in the making, a great awakening that is going to come to our land. Amen. I'm not in a bad way. Thank God for this house and thank God for the way they take care of us and provide for us. I'm so appreciative. But I'm honest with you tonight. If I did not believe that, Richard, I would close this book, walk out of this door and go sell real estate. Honest to God. Love the Lord. Amen. Amen. But it ain't worth the fuss. There is no, if there's no spoil. <laughs> Come on. It ain't worth the battle if there ain't no reward. Come on. 
But I believe there is a reward. I believe there is a harvest. And we're not called to everybody, Tabernacle, but we're called to somebody. Amen. And there's hurting, there's broken, there's down and out, and we'll take them all. Glory to God. Because you see, it doesn't matter if you're up and out or down and out. God still died for you. He came and he's wanting us to go into the deep things of the spirit. Amen. Praise God. And so I know who I'm talking to tonight. I'm talking to the ladles, but I just want to challenge you in this first service tonight of this series to just continue to pursue after God. Amen. Continue to pursue after God. It doesn't matter how old you get or how long you've been serving God. There's still something you can learn if you have a teachable spirit. Amen. And I, 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 the man I just talked about and explained to you, he was a very young man, but I've had other people been up in their years and they didn't feel a need to come to, to discipleship or come to Sunday school because they already knew it all. Amen. But I want to tell you that when you get to that place, you, you've, just, you've just messed up because there's always a deeper place to go. There's always more to learn. Amen. I don't want to dig up any uh, bad memories, but um, Brother Joe Holly, whenever uh, their, him and Sister Joyce's house burnt down, um, you know, and I was, was there for a little bit of time and just nothing you could do. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think that, day will always be etched in my mind because brother Joe wasn't worried about his guns or worried about this, that, or the other. He, he asked him, can I go get my Bible? Amen. Where your treasure is. I said, where your treasure is. Your heart's going to be attached to it. Huh? And so it isn't, it isn't a, a job for me, Kathy, to, to search out the scriptures. It's a joy. It isn't dredgerous for me to pray. It's an honor to talk to daddy. And in the process, he stretches on me and he pulls on me and he works on me and he works out stuff. <laughs> And ain't it, ain't it interesting, the deeper you go, the more stuff you didn't know you had. And he says, won't you give me that? God, I want more of you. And he don't, he don't uh, force nothing on you, but he says... If you want more of me, then you got to make room. And so you got to give up those, you know, give that up. How, how's that benefiting you? Won't you get rid of that? Release that from your life. It'll make room for my presence. And to the level in which we are willing to submit to the same level, the same proportion, he will fill us with his presence.
Amen. I'm a worshiper. I'm a worshiper. I'm a preacher because of the secondary consequence of sin. But I'd be a worshiper if nobody ever sinned. At the end of this life, I won't preach any longer. But I'll still be a worshiper. Oh, I've got a whole lot to tell you. I don't know. It may take me all summer. Amen. But I'm telling you, the church has to return back to worship. And the issue is not, it's not all of these things. And we'll, I don't want to preach Sunday's message already, but. The issue is not all of these things and you can call them whatever you want to and sin and politics and, and government and wickedness. And it, it, the issue is not all of that. The issue is we're not worshiping. Because when we return back to worship, those things will no longer be an issue in our life. They will be destroyed. The yoke will be removed. The burden will be destroyed and his glory will be revealed in our lives. Hallelujah. Well, I'll stop there for tonight. All right. Is everybody happy? Okay. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence tonight. You've been here so sweet and so different in each and every service this week. And I thank you for that. I thank you that you're not a bland God, that you're not a God of repetition, but that you're a God that you, you just got all by yourself. And I thank you for expressing yourself in different ways. And tonight you've been in a peaceful, in a stillness of the moment. You've spoken to us this evening in, in our worship. And I just pray, God, that you would continue to pull on us, make us all ladles. God, make us all, God, hungry for the things of the Spirit that will cause us to be drawn into the deep where that what, what satisfied us last year, six months, three months ago, just won't fill the void in the vacuum anymore. But God, that we're hungry as a deer pants for the water's brook, let our souls hunger and pant for you. God, we give you praise and thanks for this tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God, I pray that you make us a house of worship. Let us reflect our name, a tabernacle of praise. I pray that we're not a false advertisement. I pray that we're not sounding brass and tinkling cymbals, but God, that true praise comes from our heart and from our lips. It creates an atmosphere that is conducive for your power and your presence to stretch us and make us deeper and stronger in you than when we first began. We thank you for this now. In Jesus' wonderful name, Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.